Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian and Andrew, and we're in Charleston. We are at the Charleston Wine and Food Festival, recapping the festivities uh, that have gone on the last, how many days have we been doing this, Brian? <laughs> well, I, I think technically five days. Yeah, yeah. So we, we flew in on a Wednesday evening, dropped our bags off at the Airbnb we're staying at, and we headed directly to the Marion Square area in uh, the historic district of Charleston, where the opening night festivities were going on. And that was uh, interesting. So live music and food and desserts and drinks. Uh, what a way to start the, the event. Right. It was, it was straight into the fire for us. There were, I couldn't even tell you how many different food vendors, drink vendors, hot food, cold food, desserts, meat, seafood. I mean, everything you could think of was pretty much available and, and quite the crowd as well. Hey, what was your favorite? My favorite dish of that opening night was the, and, and forgive me, I, I do not remember the name of the chefs or the restaurant that produced this dish off the top of my head. It was a pork belly dish with black pepper grits, and it was just excellent. It was very southern, very Charleston. The, the dirty grits. The, this, they were... They were called dirty well, grits. No, these were not. Oh, these were not these the dirty grits. These were different. Okay. This is the black pepper grits with the pork belly. The dirty grits were a different dish, which was also excellent. Yeah, I, 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 that was my favorite. The, yeah, the we, dirty grits were. Uh, that was the shrimp with dirty grits. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, that was yes, delicious yes. too. That was my favorite. Yeah, we had. Um, they were giving. Someone was doing house made. Were they ho hos or ding dongs or I can't remember the. Yeah, exact. They were ding dongs. Okay. The 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 dessert treat that we all grew up with, which is like a chocolate cake with a chocolate ganache and like a cream filling center. They were doing house-made uh, versions of those and tons of beer wine whiskey all of our favorite things in the world um there was some there were some smoky elements well, kind of there was there was one other dish that really really uh jumped out at us um do you remember this one when you tell me i will <laughs> <laughs> it was a cappuccino Oh, the lobster cappuccino. Lobster yes. cappuccino, Which, yes. Oh, yeah, we know there are probably people listening to this that are saying, huh, uh, what? That sounds disgusting. No, no, it was it was a, it was a very creamy lobster bisque with a hint of coffee flavor. Right. Oh, I mean, a chocolate, a chocolate flavor even, more, much more so than a coffee to me. It, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't that was strong delicious. coffee. Yeah. It was absolutely delicious. I mean, there were some just amazing dishes there. Some really good beer. I had a really good stout. Um, a lot of local highlights. I mean, majority of the people, if not all the people there, were were Charleston area chefs. This is really to showcase a lot of the food in Charleston, and they did a wonderful job of it. Absolutely. So on day two, um, after doing our, our podcast interview, um, do we tell people who we? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, podcast interview with Rodney Scott. We uh, were finally get able to sit down with Rodney and talk about uh, his new restaurant and. James Beard Award and all the other stuff that goes along with that. Yeah, definitely be listening in for that. That's going to be coming up in the coming weeks. Had a great time. The uh, the food festival, Charleston Wine and Food, launched the podcast studio this year. It's the first year they're doing this, and 
the first time slot was given to us. I mean, it was a, it was, it was kind of cool to be the, the first podcast to record in their podcast studio and just thrilled that Rodney Scott was able to join us for that. And so much respect for what he's built, um, you know, his, his restaurant brand, his whole hog cooking that he's been known, you know, been famous for since he was 11 years old. He's been cooking whole hogs and just great food. We ended up stopping in, into his restaurant later that night too. I mean, we'll be back, you know, we went back there later on, but we'll get to that. But we, we tried to get in there as much as we could try to eat as much barbecue as we could in between all the other food we're eating. So uh, after leaving Rodney, or the interview with Rodney Scott, and again, thank you to the Podcast Studio Lounge presented by Lake Crusade, and uh, thank you to Alyssa Maudie Smith with Charleston Wine and Food for helping set that up for us. Uh, we headed over to another restaurant and another interview of ours, a future interview uh, after, the, after the restaurant visit, and that was uh, Swig and Swine Barbecue. Yep, just uh, in a very famous uh, historical district there in charleston right right where the market area is um and if you're not familiar with what swig and swine does they've got multiple locations and uh they do kind of a mix of different styles of barbecue and it's it's wood fire cooked you know offset cooked and he does whole hogs at one of his other locations unfortunately not the location we're in um but but he does whole hog at other locations and we we did do an interview with anthony that you'll be hearing as well coming up let's talk about the food that we had at swig and swine brian we got a meat plate because a meat plate is the way to go. Um, we did burn ends, we did brisket, and we did their housemate sausage. Yep, um, doing housemate sausage, which is not super common um, in this area of the country. So it was it was neat to be able to get that. And they also did a, a Brunswick stew we really enjoyed. A Brunswick stew was super tasty. Yep, and a hash and rice. I mean, it was it was cool to have all those different regions represented on a plate. You know, to have hash and rice, which is a South Carolina tradition, brisket, which of course is more known to Texas. Um, the burn ends, I would say, were more done in a Kansas City style than anything else. But it was a really good meal, really nice location. The staff was super friendly. Uh, really enjoyed the visit there. And then uh, from there, we hightailed it back to the room, had to drop off some podcast stuff, and then went over to the VIP lounge. Um, had a couple of glasses of wine there. Um, pretended like we were classy for a little bit. Pinky was up. Yep, yep. And uh, from there, we headed to uh, It's a Shore Thing, another one of the great events put on by Charleston Wine and Food. Let's let's talk a little about this one, Brian. This was this was a really cool event. Yeah, this was this was great. Right on the edge of the water, uh, seafood theme. Uh, most of the dishes had, I think, all of the dishes had some seafood element yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there uh, may have been one that snuck in there, but pretty much everything had some sort of seafood element to it. And there was some live fire stuff going on there as well. Um, there was a, a whole a whole roasted fish that you basically just took a spoon and scooped a bit of the meat out of and put into your your little tray or boat to eat. The, a buttery topping. I yes, and yeah, that, that, that was, was really delicious. Good. A ton of flavor in that. Yeah. There was uh, like a crab roll, a shrimp roll. Alligator. A, there was smoked alligator there. There were uh, oyster shooters. There were raw oysters, shrimp cocktail. Fresh crabs. And yeah. they had a fresh bar of... of Several things. They had oysters, mm-hmm. as you would expect. They also had smoked oysters. Yep, yep. There were some smoked oysters. Some really good beer there too. Um, really good mixed drinks. Hey, your, one of your favorite. Beers. Yes, the Allagash White was there. Um, Allagash Brewing from out of Portland, Maine, was there with with one of my favorite, just easily drinkable beers. And and if you don't know, we don't talk about beer a whole lot on the podcast. We like beer. We drink plenty of beer. 
but we, you know, we're a barbecue focused show, so we don't talk a ton about beer, but we're both, I would say fairly simple beer drinkers. I mean, we're, I mean, we like some, you know, we like a lot of craft beer, don't get me wrong. And we love a good beer, but we're not super hipster, I guess, when it comes to beer, we're not big fans of IPAs or sour beers, which seem to be very, very popular in a craft beer world these days. But we, we just love an easy drinking beer, especially when you're outside in decent weather and the Allagash White was definitely hitting all those marks for us. Just a really fun event, a beautiful backdrop. It was at the Mount Pleasant Water Memorial Waterfront Park, which just overlooks the you know overlooks the water. And it was just just a great setting for a really nice event. We really enjoyed it. Um, stayed for a good long while there, and then we headed to the next event, Brian. Yeah, and this one was was great. Um, it was the wine 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 me wine me. What 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 the heck was it called there? Winderlust. Winderlust, and it was. Um, it, obviously wine was a focus of the event but um great food this was probably my favorite food so far um just so many things just really really were stupendous yeah um, that 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 fresh seared scallop that we got i mean we we were lucky enough we caught them right when they had just finished searing off a fresh batch of scallops and so we got a couple of them fresh right you know right off the right off the cast iron and that was delicious um we had some Houston representation there tonight, which was really fun. Uh, Dominic Lee from Puccine, uh, if you're not familiar with that restaurant, it's uh, kind of the, it's in the Heights area. Um, they've switched to mostly a Southern style menu. Um, they did a crispy crispy skin pork belly dish that was really tasty. It was nice to see, a, you know, a fellow and, um, Houston cracklings. in there. Cracklings that were kind of um, crushed and then uh, rolled in cracklings. Yeah, a little different. I've never had it that way. Yeah, no, it was it was a good dish, and it was it was nice to see some Houston representation out there. Definitely, um, Fox Brothers were out there. You know, yeah, our buddies, carne asada taco. Yeah, um, smoked sirloin that was really tasty. Yes, yeah, we we had some really really good food there. Yeah, we're gonna keep talking about the food. Here. Yeah, well, this <laughs> it's what we're there for. Um, and and then we cannot we can't not talk about. Mr. Tuffy Stone and his duck pastrami. Yeah, doing some live fire out there, something that he said he really enjoys these yeah. days is, is playing with you know live fire um, right out in the open and with the flame uh, duck pastrami that uh, had some sautéed cabbage and dried cherries and spiced pecans. I mean, just a really good, really good pie. It really was. And we, we were fortunate towards the end of the event, we, we got to have a night really nice chat with with Tuffy. I'd never really gotten a chance to talk with him and and it was really enjoyed it. I mean, really nice, couldn't be a nicer person. Um just has he has a lot of food experience, a lot of respect for food and different types of barbecue and Yeah, it was really good. I mean, uh he he was having a good time and enjoyed it too, so that was always fun. Um one other dish I I that really stood out for me was the griddled crawfish bologna. Yeah, what a unique, different. unique idea that was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure somebody will do it <laughs> now. Now that somebody's heard it, but no, it was, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a bologna that was made with crawfish in the bologna mix. Right. Uh, it wasn't on top or anything like that. Um, that was a really, really good bite. Yeah, I mean, there was there's so much invented stuff. I mean, these are world class chefs at these events, and and they they really do. No one's phoning it in on this. There's nothing on a Ritz cracker. You know, it's the, everything is very well thought out, very well prepared. There's there's a lot of you can tell there's a lot of passion that goes into these dishes that they're producing. They also had some foie gras. 
That's foie gras. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> some some fooey grass is what I had. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Brian did have his first bite of foie gras this weekend. Um, has had it at least twice now. They, they had a, a foie gras torchon, which was which is if you're not familiar with that, that's fine. This is a barbecue show. You shouldn't be. Um, it's a it, it's a very labor intensive dish very good um we had a version of that and then uh on to the the next event we'll transition into yeah. um the hipster cocktail no, party no, no you forgot we we decided to walk oh well yes 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 <laughs> we, yeah, we so did we, talk about that earlier when we were talking about rodney but yeah, yes yeah yeah, yeah from when, once we finished winderless we decided to walk to rodney because we hadn't eaten enough food right and yeah. we were going to yet another food event right but it, between we had some those time, yeah we had some time to kill between our third and fourth food event so we decided yes going to eat more food was probably the best idea um we we did a ton of walking on this uh, on this trip and then we we walked over to rodney scott's which is not too far from when the where the winder lust event was um got a rib plate and a couple of sides got some hush puppies and some collard greens and uh just got to hang out in rodney scott's place for a little bit and you know, had some had some good direct really busy late at rooms. night too. Oh yeah, I mean the, the restaurant was packed, and this was at you know seven thirty eight o'clock at night, and on a on a Thursday night, and it was packed. We uh, we had some time to kill. Got to enjoy a good meal at Rodney Scott's place, and then uh, headed over to the hipster cocktail party. And this was an interesting one. Um, it was kind of as as the word says, as the phrase was. It's what it was, but still a little surprising. So. They had a DJ playing some uh, interesting mixed music. They <laughs> yep. had uh, uh, we we couldn't find free mustaches, but they had free trucker hats, free yep. coffee mugs, and free uh, funky glasses, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a prop studio so you could take some pictures. And of course, they had um, hipster cocktails. Yes, uh, pretty much everyone that was participating in putting this event on, I would say, really embraced the theme of the event. Um, to to its fullest i mean everything was amped up to what you would think would be a hipster version of things i mean cocktails with i I can't name you how many different ingredients in them um lots of what you you know what what many would consider like hipster ingredients um and we'll just to keep it a couple of coffee yeah Yeah, lots of coffee infused things um keeping it on the barbecue side of things uh john lewis from lewis barbecue was there and uh let's talk a little bit about what Mr. Lewis was serving. No, but it was a what what he called a CBD barbecue brisket. Um, it had Pullman toast, uh, kombucha pickled cucumbers, and an activated charcoal barbecue sauce. And if that isn't hipster, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, and it was really good. I mean, it, holy crap! You know the brisket was cooked so well. Yes, yeah, it really was. And you know the um, the, the CBD was I, I forget what he called it. Was it was like a chive oil. It wasn't yeah. actual CBD oil, but it was put on with eyedroppers, and so yes. uh, very. It's about as hipster as you could get in a in a presentation. Absolutely, anyway. and that was like I said, that was the theme of the entire event. And I would say the the food and drink participants definitely brought it, brought it to the fullest. And and this whoever came up with this idea, this is clever, and I I, I applaud you for it. To to include the OG of OGest hipsters. They had Miller High Life. They had yeah. a Miller High Life station where that's all they were serving, just yeah, Miller just High Life. Just bottles of Miller High Life. Uh, yeah. And that, that was just so, because that's the original hipster. You know, it's the champagne of beer. So I you, thought it was PBR, but it's okay. No, no. PBR wasn't the original hipster. It's the original redneck. Come on. 
original hipster was high life when you wanted to be classy. Skinny, skinny jeans and PBR, man. Skinny <laughs> jeans and PBR. PBR tattoos. So we we definitely it, it imbibed plenty in the hipster cocktail hour. I wouldn't say we finished every single dish that we tried, but we tried pretty much every dish. And you had your second foie gras. Yes, there it was, it was a, a um, foie gras and parmesan parmesan soup. soup yes, and it, it was, was good. Soup. It was really good. Yeah, um, I agree. That was really good. That was was one of the better dishes that we had at that event. But a lot of fun. You know, night one was great. Day two was was even better. And then you know now moving on to day three. Yeah, day three started out with another podcast studio interview. This one was with Anthony DiBernardo of Swig and Swine Barbecue, which has multiple locations across the Charleston area. Had a really fun talk with Anthony. He's a really interesting guy who's got an extensive culinary background. We'll be airing that interview in the coming weeks, so definitely be listening for that. Finished our interview with Anthony, and we uh, decided that we should grab some lunch because we had another interview scheduled. So lunch at Home Team Barbecue. Um, had a little bit. And not a ton of food because we were eating so much, but uh, we got some pulled pork. We had some Brunswick stew. We had hash and rice because we always get it wherever we can. We can't get it that in Texas anywhere that I know of. Uh, Evan. Of course. Yes. Evan, yes. <laughs> Is there anything Evan doesn't make and doesn't make well? Right. Uh, not. I can't think of anything. <laughs> the And then uh, kind of as an appetizer, though, one of my favorites, which is uh, Fresh Cracklin's Hot seasoned cracklins with pimento cheese yeah this was really good and the, the cracklins were as fresh as they could possibly be they were still popping as they arrived to the table um, the pulled pork was really well executed really enjoyed the pulled pork um, just really good food from home team um, they've got a uh, multiple locations throughout the charleston area and interestingly they have one in aspen colorado so if you find yourself in aspen colorado you can get some home team barbecue Really enjoyed that. And then we got to sit down with uh, Jonathan and Justin Fox, the Fox Brothers from Fox Brothers Barbecue in Atlanta. A place we've been uh, multiple times, even individually, both um, as part of the show and then outside of the show. So it's uh, really cool. And to actually get to sit down and talk with these gentlemen from Texas, uh, made their way out and started cooking their own version of barbecue, but absolutely Texas um, hints in there. And they do brisket. Uh, which they pretty much introduced to the Atlanta area. Yeah, and they've they've been around a long time in terms of barbecue history now. They started serving barbecue, cooking barbecue in the mid-2000s in Atlanta and have gained just a, a ton of popularity doing so. Um, they're affiliated with the Atlanta Falcons. They have a location inside of their the Atlanta Falcons Stadium, as well as a location that is right outside the Atlanta Braves' new ballpark, a really good place. Get out there and check them out when you can. Really yes. good and guys. And then, of course, their, their original location on DeKalb Avenue. We, we definitely have to mention that. But, yes, they do a lot of great things charity-wise. And, and we had really enjoyed our time sitting down for an interview with them. So, again, another one that will be coming up in, in the coming weeks. We've got a lot of great interviews from, from this festival that we're, you know, we're really fortunate to be able to attend. Um, finished our, our interview with Fox. And they'll be on the lookout. There is a... Uh, the podcast equivalent of a photo bomb from Michael Letchworth in this interview. In this interview, <laughs> Michael Letchworth of uh, Sam Jones Barbecue. But finished our time at home team, and we headed to our next event of the day to eat some more food and drink some booze. Yeah, this one was whiskey tango foxtrot, and whiskey and bourbon were featured as long as as well as many other foods. But 
Um, this was a very bourbon-heavy event. Yes, uh, bourbon and whiskey very well represented this event. Some good bites and some whiskey and bourbon-infused food. Some desserts that had some bourbon and whiskey touches as, and also some uh, savory food that had some bourbon and whiskey touches. Some food that was marinated in, uh, I believe marinated in bourbon and um, several different things that had bourbon. Yeah, um, Knob that. Creek was there. Um, Maker's Mark was there. Uh, Four Roses, a couple of local Charleston distilleries, including Highwire Distilling, and um, just some a really good time, a lot of really good food. And Had our second duck pastrami of this trip. We did. Uh, duck different, pastrami different has been individual. a very popular dish, apparently. And it was this one was well executed. Also, we uh, it was on a little crostini with a little bit of sauerkraut on top. It was, it was an excellent dish. Um, oysters were there. There was some uh, grilled oysters that we got. A um, couple other things. There's a trout mousse that was very interesting. And just a never-ending array of food that we've been eating pretty much since we landed. Uh, from there, we went on to our next event, um, which was blended, which um, was focused on blended wines, uh, red blends and white blends. And of course, is that why all the wines were blended? That is why they didn't put them in a blender. <laughs> I didn't think that all of your food and wine had to be made in a blender. <laughs> and there was a lot of food at this. Uh, this event too because it's charleston wine and food and hey while we're talking about duck one of our favorite bites there yes um served by a barbecue friend of ours that we've been following along on instagram for a while brian met him a year or so ago at sausage camp with uh, at the a&m sausage camp that goes on every year and uh, we got to try his duck and pork belly it's a it's a duck sausage with some pork mixed in just to add some extra fat and flavor to it. There was a, there was a little bit of pork belly and pork shoulder in it, and it was served with some uh, uh, some red red peas and some onion jam. And it was a really good dish, cooked over live fire. I mean, the sausage was, I believe, smoked prior and then um, finished over a live fire cooker. And it, yeah, a really interesting cooker from Sea Island Forge. Uh, we spoke with the gentleman there for a little while about their pits. Uh, very, very cool looking device. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a really good time. Got to chat with Robbie Robinson of City Limits Q, who made that sausage. Um, if you're not following him, give him a follow at City Limits Q. He's uh, in the process of getting a full-time operation going in Columbia, South Carolina. So we're excited to see what, what the future lies ahead for him. And we, we've been talking about coming back to the Carolinas since we left there Labor Day weekend of last year. And since then, there's just been even more things that have opened and things that were like, oh, we didn't get to that last time. So... We're definitely going to have to find a way to get back out here sooner rather than later because it's a growing scene and there's a lot of really good stuff going on out here and, and we're you know, we're just in love with whole hog too. <laughs> so that's probably not good for our stomachs, but hey, that's where we're at in life now. Yeah, so that wasn't enough. We went to another event, oh, another big food right, event. Another one. <laughs> yes, and this was this was one we were really excited about definitely. because it is a it was a barbecue and smoked meat focused one. It was smoking in the boys room. Yeah, and it was highlighting uh, female pitmasters and female cooks and chefs in the industry. Um, this was International w- Women's Day, and so it was celebrating and, f- and featuring uh, female chefs and female pitmasters. Among those, um, Alex from ZZQ was there, and they were serving a cabrito sausage, which was a really interesting and flavorful sausage. Really enjoyed that. Um, they're out of Virginia, and we'd 
Shout out to uh, Chris Wood and Primacy Meat. They gave us some ZZQ when we met them in North Carolina. But granted, we were eating it three hours after it was sliced on the trunk of a it was car. Still really good, and it was still good. But we we would love to get over there to for a proper meal at, at ZZQ at some point. Another one that we had was uh, Amy Mills and Mike Mills from Seventeenth Street Barbecue. Yep, and, and they were they were also assisted by John Lewis of Lewis Barbecue. Exactly, cooking on one of those Lewis smokers, Austin Smokeworks. They uh, they had an oak smoked strip roast with chimichurri and horseradish on a yucca crisp. Yeah, and it was it was thinly shaved. It was a really good bite. We I think we went back for seconds on that. Uh, one. I think we might have went back for thirds. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> we we ate quite a bit. You know another one we went back for seconds on. Um, that would be the La Barbecue Shrimp. Yeah, so Leanne's Piri Piri Prawns, which has their super secret recipe with garlic and tomato on La Farm sourdough. Um, so yeah, it was definitely. Um, it was a great bite, and it's infusing some of the flavors. They they'd been doing a lot of trips around the world, um, and some of the some of the East Asian countries as well. They're bringing some of those flavors back. And so while it wasn't, you know, smoked barbecue as far as meat, a beef, but um, it was a great dish, and they were just monster prawns that had tons of flavor. Yeah, and they were they were frying them on demand. It was it was really a sight to see. It was a lot of work. You could tell that they were. They were really pushing to get all that food out, but they uh, they did a great job and really really enjoyed those dis- dishes. It was one of those don't be afraid to get your hands dirty sort of dishes, and it was great and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, Sam Jones was there. Sam Jones and Michael Letchworth were uh, serving up Brian turkey, turkey, which was unexpected. Uh, uh, I mean, turkey and gravy, which you, is yeah. Uh, I mean, I obviously like you, you hear the name Sam Jones, and automatically you just assume he's going to serve whole hog. You know, um, of course, it's what he's known for. But with any event, you know, if you do as many events as Sam and Michael and their crew do, you you get tired of doing the same old thing, even though he's been serving that, you know, his family's been serving it for generations. But it's nice to have a break. So, you know, they they switched it up and did some turkey and gravy sliders on uh, Martin's potato rolls. Um, who else was there, Ryan? There was, oh, uh, of oh, course, Fox uh, Brothers. Fox Brothers was there with Jess Pryles. Jess Pryles yes. did a... Uh, barbacoa with her hardcore carnivore rub and it was served uh as a barbacoa gordita that fox brothers uh, teamed up with her on and, was and they a- also had some sirloin yes some smoked sirloin out there as well um really good again live fire cooking yep yep like i said an- another really good dish um just a lot of really good food and again more good drinks and we should note we did not we have not driven anywhere on this trip Yes, thanks to uh, Lyft and Uber, we have uh, not driven anywhere, and we, we didn't get a rental car either. So. Right. We, we walked a lot of places um, the first couple of days and and have taken nothing but ride shares the, the rest of the time, you know, just to, to be responsible and to be safe. Um, should also point out Anthony DiBernardo was there from Swing and Swine, who we interviewed. Uh, he did a smoked beef rib. Um, a bait shells and cheese and some tabasco braised barbecue onions um, another really creative really fun dish just a lot of a lot of of course smoky elements in this event as we expected and it's it's nice to get a lot of variety I and mean, we go to a lot of barbecue festivals and it's just the nature of a barbecue festival you're going to get some very similar dishes a lot of the time but because this was uh, chefs and not just barbecue people you got a lot of variety i felt Absolutely. So that was two barbecue joint visits plus three food events <laughs> in yeah, one day. That's it. That's all we did uh, that day. Um, moving on, let's go to uh, day four. Right, so day four, we opened with the Q Crawl. 
which is another event that we were really looking forward to and, and really thankful for the Charleston Wine and Food Fest for having us out there. Um, this was a bus tour to three locations, but there were some collaborations as well. So stop one. Yep, stop one. Oh, we should also point out that the, there was two buses that were ferrying everyone around. One bus, the tour guide, was Amy Mills of 17th Street Barbecue, and the other tour guide on the bus that we were on was uh, Stephen Reichlin, you know, the Barbecue Bible, very well-known. Project author. Smoke. Yep, Project Smoke, very well-known author who's uh, been a, a very prominent figure in the barbecue cooking and grilling world for years and years and years. Um, so we got our for our bus. Our first stop was at Rodney Scott Barbecue, and Rodney Scott's, which of course we were at just a couple of days before, but we were more than happy to go back to eat some more. Uh, and he was hanging out and partnering up with Mr. Sam Jones, which of course is a natural pairing. Those two are good friends, and they both cook whole hog, although they had different methods of of cooking and serving it. Um, but they both do whole hog, and it's a family tradition of both of theirs from their upbringing. And got to eat some just incredibly good whole hogs straight you know, picked straight out the out the hog by they, sam they and hadn't mixed Rocky. it all up yet so we were able to to get a little bit off the belly yes and, uh, yeah I mean, our the, favorite piece yeah they, they they knew what we were looking for <laughs> um it was it was great i mean they did ribs also and they did uh their chicken wings too and everything was just excellent and that hog is just so special um if, if you've never had a chance to get to some of these really well-known and we know there's some guys doing it in texas now and we are very excited and enthusiastic about the future of whole hog cooking in Texas. But if you get to go to one of the well-known historical hog cooking places like a Rodney Scott or Sam Jones or Zach Parker, it, it's it's a really special thing to get to try the pure, unadulterated way that they've been doing it for decades. And we were fortunate to get to do that and just enjoy the heck out of it. Absolutely. And then next up, we hustled over to Home Team Barbecue, where Fox Brothers and Home Team were doing a collaboration. Yep. Got to go back and see our, our buddies at Home Team and at uh, and from Fox Brothers. Um, and they we got a full tray of, of different items. Brian, you want to run down yeah, some of what we got? Yeah, six different ones. Uh, and the, the first three are Fox Brothers, which was a bologna and melted pimento cheese sandwich. Yep. It has a few little crumbled Fritos on top. And it was because, it was a slider Fritos sandwich. Make things so much we, better. we should we should point that out. We weren't eating a full sandwich because that would just be ridiculous. But it was very large. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> as a it was. It yeah. was really good. Really tasty. And then uh, pastrami pork belly burn ends with in a mustard sauce. Yep. And then the third dish we had from them was a uh, barbacoa stuffed jalapeno popper. Um, again, just some of those Texas roots, some of their influence from you know their upbringing. Uh, just creative creative dishes and really good dishes and then home team gave us they gave us a deviled egg with a chicken crackling yeah i like that chicken yeah we, we've been talking about chicken cracklings <laughs> for a long time actually off the show right i'm um, trying figuring out how we can incorporate them and so it was it was great to actually experience it for the first time because we hadn't had it yeah, we had chicken taco as well yeah that. with a house-made tortilla yep um and some guacamole on there and then a chicken wing with some white sauce alabama white sauce yeah, and it was a little bit of salsa with that as well, I believe. Yep. And just really good dishes, really good time hanging out with that crew, um, just the nicest people and just really generous with their time, answering questions from everybody. And the finale of the Q Crawl event is uh, Lewis Barbecue, which is right around the corner from Home Team's downtown location. 
And so we went over there and John Lewis was slicing up some beef plate ribs and some of their famous hot gut sausage and his hatch chili corn pudding. Yes, and that's one that uh, we really like because John is a native of El Paso and so he brings some of that with him. He brings some Texas with him. Um, and while he's located in Charleston, it is absolutely something representative, 100% of Texas barbecue. Yes, definitely. And we, we hung out there, got to uh, enjoy all the festivities there. And then once that ended, we... Hey, you know what? Let's eat again. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, I don't know why we do this well, to no, ourselves. But... Let's, let, let, let's mention the, the thing we did directly after finishing Lewis Barbecue. Well, you know, we did get a short sit down and chat with Mr. John Lewis himself. Yep. And Philip Powers, his chef de cuisine. Um, if you're not familiar with John Lewis... You're probably not listening to the show, but but John Lewis has a very storied career in barbecue, um, starting in Texas, and his his career has been uh, as renowned as pretty much anyone in Texas barbecue these days. He's pioneered a lot of the modern methods that are widely used throughout the industry, and um, he's he's now got a very successful restaurant in Charleston. We were very fortunate to sit down for an interview with John, and uh, we will be airing that in the very near future. So definitely be listening for that because uh, he's, a, he's a fascinating guy to, to, to talk to and to listen to because he's got a very scientific approach to, to barbecue cooking and he's, he's just got so much experience. Brought a lot of things to the business, both on the, the cooking side, the preparation side, and in the pit building side. Definitely. So be listening for that. That's coming soon. And here we are, sadly, on the final night of Charleston Wine and Food. Yeah, we're winding down here. Gonna have to go back to the real world. Um, we finished up night four at the Holy City Shakedown, which is a showcase of Indian culture and Indian food. I've got to give a shout out to our our buddy now, Dominic Lee, Chef Dominic Lee of Puccini, Houston, who did a fried chicken tikka masala. Um, really good, delivered on flavor. He was frying them to order, so they were nice and hot and crispy. Some pressure on him because Houston's got a really good culinary scene when it comes to Indian food, but he definitely delivered. So, Poutine did a good job. And and just a little bit about um, Holy and the the Holy City. So both of those things are tied in. Holy City is one of the nicknames of Charleston because of the number of churches there. Yes. And Holy with an I, which is how it was for the festival, is or for the event is around a Hindu spring festival that celebrates essentially the beginning of spring it's kind of like easter um, one of those things that they do is there's a lot of powdered um, like powdered colors that they throw on people and they did that at this this event um, in india which i've actually been there for holy there's lots of firecrackers it's a very very um, awesome festival as well uh, victory of good over evil arrival of spring all those things so it's a really really interesting event uh, celebrating the, the both the holy city of Charleston and the Holy Festival. Yeah, so it was it was a really good time. We didn't spend a whole lot of time there. It was a it's been a long few days, but we did get to check out some of the festivities going on there and uh, got ready for our final day. And so we spent a little time at the um, at the big the big event, I guess, which is every day, which is the culinary. Yeah, the culinary village, which is in Marion Square. Um, it's kind of the center and the hub of all the. Charleston Wine and Food Operations, and every, I believe, kicking off Friday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pretty much all afternoon long, they have 
different chef demos. Uh, the day, Today Show was there one day recording and filming. Tons of food, tons of drink. And that's an individual ticket that you can buy. And it, and it does give you a good chance to sample a lot of different food from different chefs and beer and wine and all sorts of good stuff. And we hadn't gotten to spend too much time in the culinary village prior to the final day, but we did get to spend a few hours there on Sunday. And then um, took a little break. And then the final event of the festival, which uh, was both a, a great event, but also very bittersweet. Yes, the, the final event was the Southern Renaissance, which was a showcase of Southern food and some really, really acclaimed chefs at this event. Um, of course, Rodney Scott. Rodney Scott's barbecue was serving his whole hog at the event, which if you've never had it, you should. More than once. Yes. Yes, we had it multiple times in this few-day span and enjoyed it every time. Um, we also got to sample food from Chef Vivian Howard. A very well-known chef, very acclaimed chef, and uh, she had a really, really good dish um, that we enjoyed, which was a parmesan. Let's, let's get the description correct on this. Yes, it was. It was. A, it was a fried chicken parmesan. It was a yeah, southern fried chicken parmesan. Um, it was really good. We went back for a second round of it. That was one of our one, one of our favorite dishes of the event. Um, couple other well-known chefs, um, Ashley Christensen from Pool's Diner and Frank Stitt from Highlands Bar and Grill also did a really uh, interesting dish, a pork crepinette with a red IP stew, uh, blue collards and pickled sauce. It was really good. Yeah, it was it was also really well executed. Let's talk a little bit about the barbecue there. Yeah, because um, there was it was nice to see at the end. There was there was plenty of barbecue. Obviously, you mentioned Rodney Scott. Swig and Swine was there, which had smoked pork belly with coconut, red beans, pickles, and herbs. Plus, they had a, a dish that uh, we we really have begun to enjoy a lot. Yes, that would be the uh, pork cracklins with pimento cheese, and you know you can use the cracklin as a vessel, for, you know, as sort of a chip for the pimento it, cheese as the dip. It's kind of like chips and queso in Texas, but pork cracklins and pimento cheese. Yeah, it's it's really good. We we we've enjoyed it at several places now. Um, and we're, we're fans of the dish. Uh, also, ZZQ was there, and the uh, little playful tongue-in-cheek that they did, which was, of course, a uh, barbacoa-inspired beef tongue and cheeks with sweet tea beets as well. That was really good. Nice to see um, cheek there, which uh, is, seems to be gaining popularity, barbacoa or cheek. Um, in Texas, not new, but just seems to be becoming more and more popular. Um, yep, and, more and we should point out theirs was a sliced cheek. It wasn't shredded like a barbacoa, but it was a sliced cheek, and it was really, really well cooked. It was, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Got a chance at the towards the end of the event to chat with Alex and Chris from ZZQ. Really excited about what they're doing. They just celebrated their one year anniversary out in Virginia, and uh, their food looks great their barbecue looks like it would you know like it's very well representative of of texas barbecue um just done in virginia obviously and so uh another one to add to our to-do list that you know we already knew that we needed to get out there this just reinforced it even more that we need to get out there and try their food absolutely and um you know there's there was many other bites that were really good but um, those are the ones that really jumped out along with home team barbecue 
Um, they had an oyster stew. Yes, that was really good. Yes, with andouille sausage, Anson Mills Carolina gold rice, pork cracklings, and fried oyster cracker crumbs. Uh, that was really another really good bite. Yeah, it's just it's been an incredible festival. You know, we we had high expectations coming in just because of everything we've seen and heard over the years about it, and it delivered on all of it. I mean, we just so had so much food. Yes, we had an incredible time. We cannot thank the Charleston Wine and Food team enough. Uh, Alyssa Motti Smith, who's the marketing director for all of this and had coordinated all the many, many moving parts that go on to this. The army of volunteers that help out at all of the events, um, just putting together some just incredible events that someone told us, and we haven't done the official count, but uh, it's probably not far off. Someone told us it's 112 events in a five-day span, which is just amazing. I mean, what what an undertaking to be able to pull off and pull off so well every single year. Absolutely. I mean, and some of those are private dinners for sponsors and others, but some are open to the public with with ticketing and some are with uh, uh, the Culinary Village and all that's going on in there. I mean, there's so much going on. And what what I really liked was the venue settings. Yes. Um, they They did a lot of trouble finding some very, very scenic, very awesome settings i mean from on the rivers and next to the bridges to um, an old navy powerhouse yeah i mean it was it was great it just really showcased the city really well Um, charleston's a beautiful city full of a lot of history and a lot of culture and we we were lucky enough to get to experience you know a, a lot of really gorgeous backdrops of the city um, as Brian mentioned, the It's a Shore Thing was one of the events we attended. And that's literally overlooking the water and overlooking the bridge. And it's just, I mean... Catalina it, Wine Mixer. Yes. yeah. It's, <laughs> we were joking about the, the Catalina Wine Mixer. And I actually heard someone else make that joke too. So I'm sure I, I heard original. that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, we we, uh, we just really enjoyed spending time in the city. Um, I, we've both been multiple times now for different reasons. And... It's a great city. Um, it's one we hope to get back to sooner rather than later. Hey, you uh, know what else I liked? What's that? Um, I liked watching Sam Jones sing karaoke. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yes, it's it's no no visit with Sam is complete if you don't get to hear Sam's vocal stylings on some good old country music. Um, yes, we got to hang out with with some great people in the barbecue world. We know how fortunate we are to, to have had those opportunities, and, and we we love hanging out with these people we have so much respect for what they do and just the people that they are Uh, sam is a heck of a character a heck of a storyteller a heck of a barbecue cooker and a heck of a lot of other things too and we just we really enjoy hanging out with sam um just getting to chat a little bit i mean sam rodney scott john lewis justin and jonathan fox and anthony from swigenswine yep and and aaron and taylor from home team barbecue i mean just such a great i mean the 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 list can go on and on we just we were so fortunate to get to spend time with these people and even even people like in in the food world like said dominic lee i've been to his restaurant i never met the man but it was it was great to get to meet him we saw him twice Uh, yeah i mean super talented chef and and just the nicest guy you can meet and it's great to make those connections and that's what the show tries to do is we try to bring you the stories of these people um so it's when you go to these places it's not just a plate of food you're eating it's it's a story and it's a connection and we hope that we've done a decent job of bringing that to you and stay tuned for our new podcast called tales from the kitchen
<laughs> we're going to expand and get away from barbecue because <laughs> there's so much good food. No, uh, we, we're going to continue to focus on barbecue, but uh, what, it, what an amazing event, a series of events, because you can't even call it one event. Um, amazing time, amazing city. I will be back. Um, I know we went on Labor Day weekend for less than 12 hours, I think. Uh, I, would, I would definitely like to come back, probably without my co-host. <laughs> um, and with my wife because she will strangle me if I don't. But uh, just to have a good time, I mean, it's a great place to visit. Yes, it is. It's it's a wonderful place. I've been here with my wife before, and we had a great time without your ugly ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank thank you again to the Charleston Wine and Food team. Thank you to the city of Charleston. Uh, thank you all for listening to this recap, and hopefully you're excited as we are about the upcoming interviews that that ha- took place at this festival. We, uh, we can't wait to bring them to you, as always. If you'd like to uh, follow along on Instagram, it's at Tales from the Pits. On Twitter, at BBQ Podcast. You can email the show at talesfromthepits at gmail.com. If you'd like to order one of our shirts, you can shoot us an email or a DM, and, and we'd be happy to accommodate that for you. Uh, I know we ran out of some sizes early, but we've got a second printing on the way. And uh, listen to us. Rate us on your favorite podcast listening app. And thanks to all of those that that we've met, uh, new friends and acquaintances on this trip, Um, everybody from the Lyft drivers and others that uh, we talked about the podcast. If you're listening in now, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned over the next few weeks for uh, more of the interviews from this trip.